The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. In 2016, an estimated 53,000 people were diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, making it the 12th most common cancer in the U.S. Unfortunately, though, only about 7.7% of patients with pancreatic cancer survive with the disease beyond five years. This difficult to treat disease relies on new and innovative therapies to provide hope and support to patients and families impacted by this diagnosis. In this third installment of our series on cancer clinical trials, we're talking about pancreatic cancer and the need for clinical trials to discover new treatments and hope. Let's Win, an initiative of the Lesgarten Foundation, aims to increase awareness of cancer clinical trials for pancreatic cancer patients and provide resources and community to patients, families, scientists, and clinicians. And here today to help us learn more about pancreatic cancer and cancer clinical trials is Dr. Allison Ocean, medical oncologist with New York Presbyterian Hospital and Wild Cornell Medical Center and chair of the Let's Win Initiative. Dr. Ocean specializes in treating gastrointestinal malignancies, including colorectal, pancreatic, stomach, biliary, neuroendocrine, and liver cancers. Dr. Ocean provides state-of-the-art cancer treatments as well as comprehensive support through a multidisciplinary approach. Dr. Ocean received her medical degree from Tufts University School of Medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ocean. Thank you, Kim. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're going to jump in. We have a lot of questions for you. Uh, so we are going to jump right in. So, so Dr. Ocean, let's start with the basics. Can you tell us more about pancreatic cancer? What is pancreatic cancer? Maybe even tell us what is the pancreas um, and how mm-hmm. does it impact the body? Certainly. So the pancreas is an organ that we have that has two main functions. It helps us digest our foods by secreting enzymes, which are, are substances that help break down the food that we eat. And the second uh, role of the pancreas is to uh, manage sugar in our body. So we, it makes insulin so that we can manage sugar. So those are the, that's when the, when, that's how the pancreas works day to day. Cancer of the pancreas happens when cells, the pancreatic cancer, sorry, the pancreatic cells, the cells that are, make up the organ of the pancreas, they undergo, uh, a switch 
in their in their growth cycle that ca- is it's also called a mutation or a gene mutation, and that switch in, causes those cells to grow out of control. And when they grow out of control, it forms a tumor, and that tumor is a cancerous growth that eventually uh, grows in the pancreas and then spreads through the bloodstream uh, to the rest of the body. And um, the most common sites of spread when someone has pancreatic cancer is to the liver as the first site of spread most commonly. So that's a, a good background. Dr. Ocean, we've covered pancreatic uh, cancer on the show in the past, but it has been a while. Can you give us some common, uh, you know, up-to-date statistics on this diagnosis? I know I put out a couple numbers in the in, in my opening, but mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. go back. Let's talk about some of the numbers and um, uh, so we can get, our, get a handle around that. Right. It is a... Um you mentioned that there was about 50,000 cases diagnosed in the United States each year. The unbelievable statistic is that most of those patients die within a year. Mm-hmm. It, is, it has become the third leading cause of cancer death. It just recently surpassed breast cancer. And it is projected to become the second leading cause of cancer death by 2020. It is uh, the deadliest disease of all the solid tumors, of the solid organ tumors, such as colon, breast, lung, uh, stomach. Um, so pancreas is the deadliest of the solid organ cancers. It is, um, it is al- almost always diagnosed at an advanced stage, usually stage four. The reason why is because the symptoms of pancreatic cancer don't appear or bother the person until it's already at its advanced stage. So it is growing silently in the person, and then uh, it gets diagnosed when, when it's at a, at a late stage. There are no screening tests for this. We cannot mm-hmm. detect it early as of yet. And so that's what contributes to this being such a difficult disease to treat. Mm-hmm. Really emerging as a, as a real crisis, it sounds like. Um, uh, Dr. Ocean, you talked about the symptoms and that oftentimes by the time a patient does show symptoms, the disease mm-hmm. is advanced. I understand oftentimes it's also misdiagnosed. So tell us about some of the common symptoms of pancreatic cancer. So the, the most common symptoms that people can experience are symptoms that sometimes people don't attribute to other, other ailments. For instance, back pain. Back pain is very common to have with pancreatic cancer because the pancreas is located in the posterior part of our abdomen and actually close to the spine, uh, not, you know, not directly on the spine, but cl- close to in the back part of the abdomen towards the spine. And so it can, um, when there's a cancer growing there, it can touch on nerves and radiate. Those symptoms can radiate as back pain uh, and cause back pain for the patient. Um, another common symptom of the, that happens when someone is is um, when pancreatic cancer is occurring is weight loss. Uh, there also can be nausea and vomiting. There can be jaundice, which is yellowing of the eyes and the skin, and that is because as the pancreas mass grows, it blocks the bile duct, and therefore the the bile can't. Uh, be cleared in the normal way, and it, it collects in the bloodstream, and it turns uh, the skin yellow and the eyes yellow. 
so that's called jaundice. Um, so weight loss, uh, back pain, abdominal pain, uh, nausea, and jaundice are all the, the most common symptoms of, of pancreatic cancer. And so how, uh, how is the, because again, a lot of these things you say could be connected to so many other things. So if a doctor sort of puts some of these pieces together, how is pancreatic cancer diagnosed? So um, if anyone is experiencing any of these symptoms, um, I urge them to go to their family doctor, their internist, their general doctor to let them know what's going on. Uh, you know, it's it, a workup has to be done. Um, the What would happen is, um, you know, a physical exam is done, a, a, a very careful uh, history is taken as to what the symptoms are and how long they've been occurring for. And then also what's very important to ask is, is by the physician is a person's family history because there is an entity of pancreatic cancer that is uh, related to, is hereditary. And so we would want to know if, if there is pancreatic cancer in, in someone's immediate family because that is a clue that we need to be thinking about this as a possible diagnosis in, in the patient. And in the family connection or link, Dr. Ocean, would it only be if someone has had pancreatic cancer or should the patient be thinking about or asking about other cancers in the family, other linkages that we might know of? That's an excellent question. Uh, so there, uh, we know that if we talk about risk factors for pancreatic cancer, we talk about family history. And within family history, there's pancreatic cancer, hereditary pancreatic cancer, which is just inheriting pancreatic cancer from a family member through genes. But there are also cancer syndromes that are linked to pancreatic cancer. And one of those cancer syndromes is the um, BRCA or the BRCA uh, breast cancer syndrome, which a lot of people don't know about. Uh, the, there, there is an increased risk of pancreatic cancer, also ovarian cancer, and prostate cancer that is associated with the breast cancer uh, gene that that can exist in families. So what would, uh, what kind of genetic test would someone with, with uh, pancreatic cancer have? So um, once someone is diagnosed with a cancer, then they should absolutely see a geneticist to undergo uh, testing because we would want to see if, if, the cancer that that patient was just diagnosed with, if that's linked to something else that their other family members could be at risk for. And there are blood tests that we can do to once a patient has been diagnosed, but we don't do that. We don't, we don't do any of that testing until a patient has been diagnosed because, there, as I mentioned earlier, there is really no screening test, unfortunately. In people that we know have a certain gene that predisposes to pancreatic cancer, we can certainly screen family members in that family for, so that we can try to catch pancreatic cancer before it happens when it's at its earliest, most treatable state. Uh, but, and those patients, you know, would enroll, uh, sorry, those family members would enroll in a screening program mm-hmm. for pancreatic cancer. But uh, we don't test the, the the family members until we test the patient first, and then the testing happens 
when they get a diagnosis. When the family member gets a diagnosis. Then Correct. I, then, yeah, so then if a patient you, is yeah. newly diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, they, they really should undergo uh, genetic testing to make sure that this is not something that other members of their family are at risk for. Okay. And it yeah, also think, in talking... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, I think that's certainly important, uh, important information to share uh, with our listeners. Dr. Ocean, we're coming up on our first, uh, on our first break here. I know we have so much to, um, uh, so much to learn from you about pancreatic cancer. Um, we're we're, uh, we're going to take a, uh, just a quick break here. We have a lot more to cover with Dr. Allison Ocean. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. Today's show is sponsored in part by Bristol-Myers Squibb, NovoCure, and Taiho Oncology. We are joined by Dr. Allison Ocean, medical oncologist with New York Presbyterian Hospital and Weill Cornell Medical Center. We have uh, a lot to cover about pancreatic cancer today with uh, Dr. Ocean. Uh, Dr. Ocean, at the end of the last segment, we were talking about uh, genetic testing, that oftentimes when a patient is uh, diagnosed, there are genetic tests for the patient, for the family members. Um, I wanted to ask you, are there other risk factors that folks should be aware of, and does that impact how folks are tested, how folks are monitored? What should our listeners be aware of? Definitely. Uh, So the main risk factors for pancreatic cancer are smoking, family history. African Americans have an increased risk of pancreatic cancer more than any other ethnicity. Diabetes is a risk factor, and also pancreatitis. Inflammation of the pancreas or pancreatitis is a risk factor. Uh, so if anyone has a family history of, of anyone diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, they need to know that they could be at risk. Smokers are at risk. Heavy alcohol use is also a risk factor, too. Uh, diabetes. And interestingly, new-onset diabetes is, is something that uh, people need to know about. So many, many people have diabetes in in the United States, but very small percentage of them develop pancreatic cancer. But there is recent data that shows that people who are diagnosed with with diabetes later in in life, meaning like in their 60s to 70s, and a new onset of diabetes sometimes can herald the diagnosis of, of pancreatic cancer, and patients can be diagnosed within a year or so after that uh, with pancreatic cancer, it's actually the cancer that is causing the diabetes to form at that stage. Mm. Mm. So interesting. So so important question, Dr. Ocean. If folks have these uh, risk factors, what should they do? So, you know, the best thing is to make sure that you don't ignore your symptoms. And if you do have any kind of weight loss or back pain or difficulty with digesting your foods or uh, just a general sense of feeling unwell, go to your doctor and tell them that this has been going on. I don't, this is not me. I need to figure out what, why, what's causing all this, and then a workup will be done. Uh, don't ignore the symptoms. Don't think it's, it's just because it's going to go away, and, and uh, you, know, you know, especially if you have a family history of this. Uh, I think you have to be clued into that this could happen to you. Um, if you're a smoker, you're at an additional risk. Uh, and also um, knowing that, that pancreatic cancer is more common in African-American population, you, if any of these symptoms are happening, you need to go to your doctor and tell them, uh, you know, please help me figure out what's, what's causing my symptoms. Mm-hmm. And don't ignore them. And again, so from, just to follow up from the last segment, so then how is, the, how is it actually diagnosed? Is it diagnosed with a blood test or a scan or a biopsy? Yeah, yes. So um, when, initially what happens is that uh, in the workup 
for this, sometimes, well, blood tests are drawn, but they may not reveal anything. And if, the, if they're normal, the blood tests, and they're not showing signs of jaundice that I mentioned before, it's like the yellowing, of the bilirubin levels being high and the yellowing of the skin, et cetera, if, that, if the blood tests are essentially normal, you, uh, the doctor needs to take it one step further, and commonly patients will, because they're having abdominal pain or back pain, they will get a CAT scan done, and then a CAT scan can show a mass in the pancreas. Um, and unfortunately, many, many times, it not only shows a mass in the pancreas, it shows areas of spread of that mass to other parts of the body, such as the liver. And at that point, it's not considered a curable disease. Once it has spread outside the pancreas, we are unable to perform surgery on the, on the pancreatic mass to remove it. And if it cannot be fully removed, it cannot be cured. Uh, so it has to be treated with chemotherapy. Sometimes we add radiation to that. Uh, but but once it has spread outside of the pancreas, it is stage four, and it is considered incurable. Okay. Okay, Dr. Ocean, I want to pivot uh, to the Let's Win um, initiative. Can you? I know you're you're very involved. Can you tell us about the goals and the mission of the Let's Win initiative? Yes, this is a very, very important initiative for patients um, who are facing a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. Uh, I started Let's Win with a patient, Ann Glauber, uh, about three years ago, and Ann was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. She was in the prime of her life. She was feeling great, really had no issues until she went to her dermatologist, and her dermatologist actually noticed that her eyes were yellow, and she was feeling very good. And so what a workup led to the diagnosis of stage four pancreatic cancer. And uh, it unfortunately had already spread to her liver. She underwent a biopsy to confirm the diagnosis and was told by the first doctor that she saw that, you, you know, you have stage four pancreatic cancer. This is really bad. And you, you have, you really don't have many options get your affairs in order. And that's the message that she got. And she didn't and she was crippled by that because she felt that how can, you're telling me in one sentence that I have this awful disease and then you're telling me in the same sentence that really I can't do anything about it. And she wouldn't accept that that conversation. And what she did was create this platform for patients to exchange information about the best treatments for pancreatic cancer so that they can be empowered with information and with the latest scientific advances that can help them extend their lives right now and not accept the sentiment of resignation that many physicians, unfortunately, are telling patients, like, oh, it's such an awful disease, we can't help you, you're going to die from this. this, it's awful, and they're basically... It is, it's very true that it is an awful disease and a very bad uh, diagnosis, but the goal of Let's Win is to empower patients with information, and it starts with the patient. We, uh, the crux of Let's Win is we have a My Treatment section where patients actually describe the treatments that they're on, whether it's a clinical trial, whether it's a new chemotherapy regimen, whether it's a standard regimen, but they're doing it in a different way. It's standard drugs, but dosing it in a different way. It, it, and, and 
the fact if they're doing well with this, they want we want other people to know about it. So and and I created this platform along with other founders, uh, with Carrie Kaplan, the CEO of the Luskarten Foundation, and Willa Shallot and Cindy Gavin. All of us created this platform together to uh, empower patients with information about how they can be helped now with pancreatic cancer. We want them to have access to the best treatments out there. That, and these are treatments also that go beyond standard of care. And that's an important point that we want to make because standard of care for this disease is just not good enough. Patients, unfortunately, you, I heard, you heard, all heard the statistics before. Patients yeah. die and they die fast from this disease. And time is very, very important. So they need to figure out what are the best treatments right now that can help them. And sometimes those treatments are, go beyond standard treatments. They involve research. They involve clinical trials. They involve uh, taking risks and doing things a little bit differently than we normally would do for the patients. So that, that's, that's what we wanted to, to do with Let's Win, and it's really taken off, and patients are, are learning the information they need to when they get this awful diagnosis. Wow. Just a terrific uh, initiative, Dr. Ocean. Um, we've got a couple minutes until our uh, next commercial break here, but mm-hmm. uh, just tell us in a little bit more uh, uh, detail uh, is, you know, are we talking about doctors, patients, caregivers sharing uh, clinical information? I assume this is a digital platform. It's, uh, it's online. Do folks join? Is there privacy? Just tell us a, another word or two about that before we get to our break here. Sure. Yes, uh, the website is uh, www.letswinpc.org, and it is an online platform. It is um, completely vetted by a scientific advisory board of leading physicians within pancreatic cancer field. So every, all the content that is on the site has been reviewed and vetted by physicians who are on the front lines of pancreatic cancer, and this is so important. The first thing someone does when they have pancreatic cancer is Google information. And mm-hmm. a lot of the information that is out there is not correct, is risky, is um, misleading, and we don't want to uh, any of our patients to, to receive that information. We want information that is scientifically sound, that is up-to-date, that is, um, uh, you know, pu- linked into clinical trials that are ongoing by the National Cancer Institute. So all of that, the content on the site is, is um, reviewed on, on a daily basis. This site is for, men, for many of the groups that you mentioned. It's for patients. It's for caregivers. It's for doctors. It's for doctors to go on there and find out what are the latest research initiatives in pancreatic cancer. The reality of the situation is that most Physicians treating pancreatic cancer treat many different kinds of cancers a day, and they're not specialists in this. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. hard to keep up on what's up to date and what's, what could be the, the, the next best therapy and what I should be referring my patient for. Therefore, we've compiled this in a way that is very actionable for patients, but also for doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's links to all, where all the clinical trials are going on. The clinical trials are described in a very layperson approach so that patients yeah. can understand it and it, it's not over their heads when they're reading about it and it makes Terrific. sense and they learn about it. So, so that's what the, 
that's how the um, the website is is designed. Fantastic, fantastic. We're talking with Dr. Allison Ocean, medical oncologist with New York Presbyterian Hospital and Wild Cornell Medical Center. We're talking about pancreatic cancer, one of the deadliest cancers, and we're going to, in the next segment, talk a little bit more about clinical trials and some of the progress that we're making in treating uh, pancreatic cancer. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Communities, Frankly Speaking About Cancer Series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com slash MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at CancerSupportCommunity.org. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We're back with Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's show is sponsored in part by AstraZeneca, Lilly Oncology, and Insight Corporation. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're talking with Dr. Allison Ocean. Dr. Ocean is a medical oncologist at New York Presbyterian and Wild Cornell Medical Center. She's also the chair of the Let's Win Initiative. Um, Dr. Ocean, I want to get to to clinical trials in a moment, but um, can you just uh, uh, take a moment or two to tell us some of the advances in the treatment of pancreatic cancer? We talked quite a bit about diagnosis and some of the risk factors, but tell us about advances in uh, in treatment, and then we're going to turn uh, to uh, the importance of clinical trials specifically. Definitely. You know, we, we hear a lot of sobering statistics about this disease, but what I really want patients to know is that there is hope, and we have made advances in, in recent years. Uh, so what, one of those aspects is in the figuring out the genetics of, of cancer, and we what we now know is that there isn't just one type of pancreatic cancer. 
there are certain types of pancreatic cancer, and we can group these types of pancreatic cancer into um, ways that they would uh, respond to different therapies. So there are certain pancreatic cancers that respond to certain chemotherapies. There are other ones that may respond better to targeted agents. There are some that are linked to um, other GI cancer syndromes that could respond to immunotherapy. So we've been able to highlight the different types of pancreatic cancer better, which is important for treatment, to to, uh, focus the treatment. And then other advances uh, that have happened is we've actually um, had recent chemotherapy drugs approved in the pancreatic cancer space over the last uh, five years. Uh, We have uh, standard combination chemotherapy regimens. Uh, One is called Fulfirinox. The other one is gemcitabine and abraxane. And we now also have a a third drug that was recently approved called Onavide, which is liposomal irinotecan. So there's more chemotherapy agents, but I feel that the most exciting potential in this in this disease is the the ongoing research that we're doing right now we are actually able to grow pancreatic cancers in from a biopsy that is taken from a patient and grow them in the lab and grow a cancer outside of the person and do a lot of testing on the on the cancer with drug testing with different kinds of testing different molecules on, on the, uh, the cancer to see what kills it the best, if you will. And then we can take that information back to, to the patient and try these, these therapies either through clinical trials or um, using standard agents to predict which, which drugs would work better on a patient. Uh, and so that's one fascinating area of research. That whole area is called uh, organoid development. And another area of research that is going on right now is in uh, something called circulating tumor cells. So we know that once cancers have spread, uh, that, the, that the cancer cells exist in the bloodstream. And we can actually isolate those cancer cells from the bloodstream, uh, spin them down in the lab, take them out, extract them, and then do a lot of testing on them. And so we can get real-time information that we that we can use to develop new drugs that we can uh, that we can test other drugs on, et cetera. So, so that's an active um, area of research right now as well. So let's. Uh, so it's good to hear that there are some exciting developments happening, uh, Dr. Ocean. But let's talk about clinical trials first. If you could just take a quick minute to tell our listeners what clinical trials are so that we can kind of level set that conversation and then maybe talk a little bit about what role clinical trials uh, play in treating pancreatic cancer because I know it's a little bit of a different ballgame. Absolutely. So any medicine that anyone has ever taken has gone through the rigor of a clinical trial. And what that means is the the research and the, the validation and the testing that has to be done in order to bring a drug to market. And clinical trials start out as phase one trials, and that's the first time they're being tested in humans. And the goal of a phase one trial is to test to make sure that a drug is safe. From a phase one trial, we get hints that that certain drugs could have efficacy against a, 
pancreatic cancer or any other type of cancer. Uh, and if we see that that not only is a drug safe and it's also showing signs that it could be working on the cancer, then that goes into a second level of testing, and that's called phase two testing. And phase two is just more testing and more patients involved in testing it. When we're seeing a lot of activity within uh, for a certain drug, then we take it into phase two, uh, sorry, phase three, and phase three is when we're comparing this new drug to a, an, a standard that already exists, and that is oftentimes when the clinical trial is a randomized trial or a placebo trial, meaning that there are a certain group of patients that will get the new experimental drug, and then there'll be a certain group of patients who won't get the, the drug. And the reason why we have to do that is because that's the only way we can act, absolutely be 100% certain that this drug is at least as good as or better than what is already approved and used out there. So that's how we conduct clinical trials. And then, and then tell us about the importance of clinical trials in treating pancreatic cancer. This is such a hard, hard disease to treat, and we need to make advancements in this disease. And that, therefore, clinical trials are so, so important because that's the only way we're going to advance the information here. Only about 4% of patients diagnosed with pancreatic cancer even go on a clinical trial. And that is the reason why we have not made enough progress in such a long time in this disease is that patients just don't go on clinical trials. It could be because they, they don't have them geographically close to them. It could be because they're too sick to actually go to the multiple visits that are required for it. Mm-hmm. it there's so many features uh, and reasons why patients don't make it onto clinical trials. But if we can do one thing for our patients is to have, even as a caregiver, is help them figure out what kind of clinical trials are open and available to them to try because patients should not be scared of doing a clinical trial. Uh, they, I, some comments I hear from patients are, oh, I don't want to be the guinea pig. I don't want, to, I don't want this to be tested on me. I don't, I don't want, let them figure it out first on someone else before they try it on me. Those are, those are some statements that I hear from patients a lot. And I try to explain to them that, no, that's, not, that's the wrong approach. What we want to do is try these new therapies that are usually done in c- conjunction with the standard drugs that are already out there. So it's getting standard plus something mm-hmm. else. And mm-hmm. that plus something else could be the difference in, in, in their survival because we're trying new drugs. And, we're, and all of the drugs that are being tried by... By the, through the National Cancer Institute on clinical trials are all based in, in science. And we, we want people to benefit from that science. And sometimes that's the only way that patients can, can uh, receive these drugs because they're not FDA-approved drugs. They're, they're experimental, but a clinical trial is a way of a patient receiving these drugs before they get, you know, get approved. And there is a chance that the drug is ineffective, absolutely, but we won't know this until more people go through the, the rigors of, the, of this clinical trial testing. And at a minimum, the patient is getting the standard of care, the standard therapy that they would get otherwise even if they weren't on a trial, correct? That when, when they're first treated and it's 
something called the first-line trial, the first treatment that they're on, yes, they have to go on a clinical trial that includes something standard because otherwise it would be unethical not to give them something that is considered standard. Um, some people uh, want to um, to approach it, you know, they want to adopt standard uh, approaches but, twi- you know, maybe take a little uh, liberty to, to apply that in a non-standard way. This can be done sometimes with oncologists who are willing to to uh, change the regimen for the patient and prescribe it more precisely for them and the cancer that they have. And so that's not exactly a clinical trial, but it's, it's using scientific principles and using uh, the knowledge that we have with these drugs and that knowing that it, it could apply to their cancer specifically mm-hmm. and, and uh, kind of engineering a protocol specifically for that patient. Got it. Got it. Dr. Ocean, we're, we're quickly coming up on our next break here, but let me ask you as we close out this segment, um, is there hope for these patients? Is there hope? Are we seeing improvements? What do you, what do you see as sort of the, the you know, the future of, of the treatment of pancreatic cancer? We're absolutely, we absolutely have reason to have hope. There have been improvements and the, the, the future is that the more research that we can do and the more um, patients that enroll on these trials and undergo uh, in- enrollment in clinical trials, the, the faster we're going to get these breakthroughs. And um, already we're, we're able to identify certain drivers of the cancer and target them. And, we, you know, my, I tell patients every day, you, you have to have hope because, if you don't have hope, you have nothing, and you have to have hope that you that we are going to uh, discover treatments that work best for your cancer with the knowledge that we have already and the, the knowledge that we're gaining every day through trials. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, we are talking today with Dr. Allison Ocean. Uh, she's a medical oncologist at New York Presbyterian and Wild Cornell Medical Center, and she is the chair uh, of the Let's Win uh, initiative. This is frankly speaking about cancer. Uh, we've got more to cover here with Dr. Ocean. Uh, we're going to turn to some of the support and resources that are out there for patients with pancreatic cancer and their families. We're going to take a quick break here. Don't go away. We will be right back. I'm Bill Schaefer, and this is today's Cancer in the News. Regular exercise can reduce a woman's risk of cancer, but the benefits may be diminished if she gets too little sleep, researchers said on Monday. The study, involving 5,968 women, confirmed previous findings that people who do regular physical activity are less likely to develop cancer. But when the researchers looked at the women ages 18 to 65 who were in the upper half in terms of the amount of physical exercise they got per week, they found that sleep appeared to play an important role in cancer risk. Researchers discovered that those who slept less than seven hours nightly had a 47% higher risk of cancer than those who got more sleep among the physically active women. While additional studies need to be done to clarify how getting too little sleep may make one more susceptible to cancer, there is no question that getting adequate sleep has been long associated with health. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention calls sleep loss an unrecognized public health problem, saying Americans are getting less and less slumber. 
The CDC said the percentage of adults reporting sleeping six hours or fewer a night increased from 1985 to 2006. Sleep experts say chronic sleep loss is associated with obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, stroke, cardiovascular disease, depression, cigarette smoking, and excessive drinking. In addition, research has shown that people who get regular exercise have a reduced risk of breast, colon, and other types of cancer. Experts think the effects of exercise on the body's hormone levels, immune function, and body weight may play an important role. In other news, scientists say drugs used to control diabetes may lower the risk of prostate cancer. Recent studies have reported a decreased prostate cancer risk for diabetic men, although it is currently unclear whether use of anti-diabetic medication affects the association between diabetes and prostate cancer. Researchers studied a group of men that were diagnosed with prostate cancer and a group of control men without prostate cancer. The total number of subjects comprised nearly 50,000 individuals. Oral diabetes drugs were used by 7.5% of the men with prostate cancer and by 8.4% of controls. The prevalence of insulin use was 2.5% in the cases and 3% in the controls. Men who had a history of taking any diabetes medication had a 16% lower risk of prostate cancer. The decreased risk was comparable for all anti-diabetic drugs, including metaforum and insulin. The investigators found that the overall risk, as well as the risk of advanced prostate cancer, decreased with the amount and duration of medication use. While the potential mechanism behind decreased prostate cancer risk for diabetic men is currently unclear, it is very likely that the changes in endogenous hormone metabolism occurring in diabetes have an important role. I'm Bill Schaefer, and that's today's Cancer in the News. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We're back with Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's show is sponsored in part by Celgene Corporation, EMD Serono, and Takeda Oncology. I'm your host, Kim Tebold, and we're closing out our show on pancreatic cancer with Dr. Allison Ocean. Um, Dr. Ocean, I want to take our last few minutes together to really talk about support, resources, awareness in, 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 in pancreatic uh, cancer. Uh, we talked about the Let's Win initiative. Just a, a, a quick question for you. I know that there are, you know, certainly other other groups, other resources out there in the in the pancreatic cancer space. How does Let's Win uh, collaborate with some of the other groups in pancreatic cancer? 
Definitely. Uh, someone needs, who's diagnosed with this needs a village to really to <clears throat> tackle all of the aspects that are that affect them. And we, Let's Win works closely with the Lustgarten Foundation. Uh, the Lustgarten Foundation is the, the largest private funder of pancreatic cancer research, and so we are um, an initiative supported by the Lustgarten Foundation, and, and the, the greatest science and the greatest research in pancreatic cancer is funded through Lustgarten, and so that they are a very important um, site to learn about the, the latest research advance. Advances, and then we also <clears throat> collaborate with uh, with PanCan, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. This is a national organization that has numerous resources for patients, uh, and they also have a, a, a large voice for patients on Capitol Hill to try to advance uh, funding uh, for this disease, um, and so um, our, our PanCan colleagues are also. Uh, very important in, in, in this space, and, and we work with them. Um, specifically related to Let's Win, we have uh, collaborated with PanCan for a clinical trials finder uh, we, that we highlight on our website. So on our website is the PanCan's clinical trial finder, which is a wonderful resource. It is very specific. It is only for pancreatic cancer, and it hones in on the uh, most recent up-to-date clinical trials going on in, in pancreatic cancer. So I encourage anyone who's been diagnosed with this disease to to go to Let's Win and go to the uh, PanCan Clinical Trials Finder. It's very important. Uh, there are numerous other supportive care organizations um, out there that can help patients with um, various aspects of their care. Uh, we, we are... Let's win. Our aim is to empower patients with information about getting better treatments for their cancer. Um, but there are very, very various organizations that support patients for uh, side effect management, for cancer support, for um, for finances, uh, all of that. And there are also uh, pharmaceutical companies that have wonderful websites, also to to um, Help patients. Celgene's uh, um, website is um, a pancreatic Navigate, navigator website, which ta- takes them through the navigation process of pancreatic cancer. What to do uh, first when you're first diagnosed, and then after that, and helpful tips along the way, and and support along the way. So I think that that that's a really great website. Um, you know, the, the the bottom line is that. When you're diagnosed with this disease, you need to enlist your army to help you. And your mm-hmm. army includes your family, your friends, your immediate caregivers, your doctors, and your and also social workers, nutritionists, everybody. You have to enlist all these people to, to help you. And all of these people have skills that they, that can help you. And and don't my, my next. Uh, take-home point is don't be afraid to ask the questions that 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 you need to ask. Don't be afraid to ask, what are all of my treatment options? Mm-hmm. Should I be looking at a clinical trial? Would you do this if this were you? Ask those those very important questions to your doctor and to your um, care, care providers because they, they need to 
be honest with you, this is a very, very hard disease to treat, Mm -hmm. so you need to know what all the options are up front, and you need to know what, what what's the best place to find all of these treatment options. Do you ever have um, patients, Dr. Ocean, who say they don't want any treatment? I do have patients that say that they don't want any treatment, and most of the time that is because they are thinking about a, a, a patient that they know, a friend or someone that had a very bad experience with chemotherapy, and, and they're afraid that it's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain patients that cannot get chemo. Uh, they're just entirely too sick, but that's not mm-hmm. the majority of patients. Chemotherapy has actually been shown to make people feel better with, with pancreatic cancer, and patients should be considered, and they should be educated about the different types of chemotherapy, the different side effects, that we have very, very good medicines to manage the side effects now. We have good anti-nausea medicines, anti-diarrhea medicines, etc. We have very, very good medicines to manage side effects of chemotherapy. So patients usually want treatment, and the treatment involves chemotherapy, and they, they need to know all the different types of chemotherapy that exist. Uh, there's not just one, and, and they also need to know that, that, they, that there's support to get through this and that they will get through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just a, another a quick question as we get to the end of the show here, uh, Dr. Ocean. I know certainly mm-hmm. we at the cancer support community provide a host of, of services and, uh, for, for pancreatic cancer patients and their families along with people with all cancers. We've got support groups and educational programs, nutrition, exercise, stress reduction. Um, talk to me just for a minute as we get to the end of the show about the importance of also engaging the caregiver um, in the conversation and the decision and also accessing support services for the caregivers. That, that is so, so important because when someone is diagnosed, they're not feeling good. They're, they either have pain or they're, they're, they're feeling unwell, they're weak. And so that a lot of times, all this information and resources that's out there is overwhelming for the patient. And so that's why the caregiver has to kind of now assume the role of, of the leader. And the, the, it, we want the caregiver to know that all of these resources are not only available for the patient, but they're available for them as well. Uh, I love that you all have um, care, caregiver support groups as well mm-hmm. as patient support groups because there is caregivers burden and stress that is very, very significant. And you have to, if you're dealing with that, you're taking care of a loved one with, with this heart disease, you have to be prepared. And, and there are ways that you can get help. And, and, and I, I think it's really, really admirable what you all are doing and, and by getting the resources out to patients and also to, to the caregiver. Uh, the, the, it's they're the the uh, the general of the army, if you will, and and they really have to take command and 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 keep keep up with the latest and, and greatest, whether it's the latest anti nausea medicine or the latest clinical trial, whatever it is, they have to they they're the ones that have to be empowered with this information, and that we have so many excellent ways to get this information to the patients, and then I just want to highlight in the last few seconds that. If you are doing well on a regimen, we want to hear about it. We want others mm-hmm. to hear about it because we want you to, your success will empower other patients and we want other people to know about it. So please 
share your story, write it up, tell us what you're on, tell us what you're, submit this to Let's Win through our mm-hmm. website, and we will highlight your story because so many patients have told me that they, they get so much information, practical information as well as hope mm-hmm. from reading mm-hmm. these stories of other patients. Yeah. And where's that website again, Dr. Roshan? It's, it's www.letswinpc.org. Letswinpc.org. So please go ahead and share those stories. I want to thank you so much, Dr. Ocean, for being on the show with us today. It's such an important topic, and you've really uh, helped to shed some light on it and uh, and on the Let's Win initiative. I want to thank our listeners for joining us today on Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo from the Cancer Support Community, and I just want to remind you that we have a wide range of in-person, online, over-the-phone services for people with pancreatic cancer uh, and people with all cancers uh, and their loved ones. You can visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org to find one of our 50 centers around the country, or you can call our helpline, grab a pen if you want to write this down. Give us a call at 888-793-9355, 888-793-9355. Again, check out the website at cancersupportcommunity.org. You'll find a whole host of of uh, resources, our advocacy network, our cancer experience registry. So thanks for listening today. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.